Welcome back to Season 3 of the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Blackwood. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. But if you didn't know, you do now. Keeping in line with that, this entire season has been focused on interviewing people who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. If that sounds like you, reach out. We can talk about having you on the show, too. As much as we all hate commercials, they are a necessary evil these days. This is what keeps the show on the air. You can also show support by purchasing one of my many books or donating through PayPal. You can find the links to either option in the podcast description. As always, a portion of the proceeds do go to local organizations that help fight human trafficking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I have kind of an unusual twist to things today. Uh, and I think this is something that a lot of us are going to find a lot of value in. I'm really looking forward to talking to him. With me today, I have a gentleman uh, known as Self-Worth Sam. Uh, he talks about imposter syndrome and how we can beat it. And tell me that you guys are not going to get some value out of this. This is going to be amazing. And I'm I'm super excited. Uh, welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, Amanda, it's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. And hello to all your listeners from Melbourne, Australia. Awesome. I've done a couple of episodes with people in Australia, and sometimes it can be really hard to link together depending on the time. I really appreciate you taking some time out and working with me today. This no, is, it's not great. taking time out. It is precisely what I wanted to do at this time. Um, it's, <laughs> I'm so grateful to share my message with you and your listeners. That's awesome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do. What is in imposter syndrome? How is this different from like a normal self-doubt? Yeah. So what I do is I'm an educator and I've got a long history of teaching. And more recently, I have focused on the topic of self-worth and even more specifically imposter syndrome. And if we compare imposter syndrome to standard self-doubt, um, self, normal self-doubt is when a person doesn't feel confident to do a specific activity or task because they haven't done it before. That's normal self-doubt, right? Right. Imposter syndrome is when you have done the task many, many times and yet you still feel like you can't take the credit for your own work or you cannot internalize your own success and it comes along with a fear of being exposed as a fraud or as a phony um, because you are out of your depth, skill-wise, intelligence-wise, yeah, being exposed by others, some imaginary fraud police that will come knocking on your door at midnight and, and with clipboards as well, with clipboards, Amanda, and coats, <laughs> and they will... They will point the finger at you and say, we know you've been faking your intelligence and your skill. And most people with imposter syndrome walk around with this fear of, of being exposed in that way, despite evidence of ongoing success and competence. And, you know, that's something that I can absolutely say that I've dealt with a lot. Part of, I think, that somebody's going to show up and be banging at my door with the clipboard uh, comes from the experience of having survived trauma and then deciding to tell my story about it. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people try to call me out and call me a fake, specifically family members in general, 
um, blood relatives especially they don't want their dirty laundry aired because they're afraid of what that's going to make them look like mm. sometimes I forget that and I start to kind of focus on what if they're right what if what if I shouldn't be talking about this what if this is all wrong and what if uh, what I remember isn't real and this is absolutely something a lot of trauma survivors go through it sucks yeah I can imagine that um if you are going through imposter syndrome and that is your history, you're, you're having to deal with you know, other people's shame and guilt and essentially their value system. They're trying to inject their value system into yours. And, and sometimes people actually the main reason, the main cause of imposter syndrome is a person subordinates to another person's value systems and therefore they never really feel authentic. So we, wow. all, we all have a hierarchy of values, a list, an invisible list of what is most important to least important at any point in the day. And this can be priorities, they can be guiding principles, they can be specific tasks, but priorities, values, okay? Everyone's got a list. Now, a lot of the time, people with imposter syndrome are trying to live up to another person's set of values, and so they are injecting them into their life and their lives, and they're never really able to feel like they are themselves. And it's a bottomless pit, or a, a you know, it's a track that the longer you go down it, the further you go down it. It's a rabbit hole. You'll never truly feel authentic because you're trying to be somebody else. You're trying to live in somebody else's values. And so the solution to imposter syndrome is to clarify your highest values and orchestrate your life around them. And it can be very difficult for some people to do, but it's absolutely worth the work of getting there too. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, a beautiful phrase I like to tell people. An individual who is living out of alignment with their values is an imposter, whereas an individual who is living in alignment with their highest values is authentic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And when you're authentic, your resilience goes up, your awareness expands you feel more confident mistakes are not such a big deal uh, fears go down because if you're living in your your values you're inspired and you understand that trip ups setbacks pain challenge are part of your journey and you you can appreciate them in a new way rather than say i'm afraid of them it's Actually, I want the challenge in my life because that's going to help me grow. Yes. As yeah. long as it's linked to your highest value and your vision and your mission. I, I'm staring down the barrel of doing that exact thing. I'm about to launch my public speaking career this, this year. Um, and it terrifies me. And I know that it's going to be challenging. But at the same time, it is every single one of those things that you just mentioned. And it aligns with exactly what it is that I'm wanting to do with my life. And that's to change other lives. Beautiful. It's, it's scary. It's absolutely terrifying. But it's absolutely worth it and exciting at the same time. Yeah. So if you're having a fear about the future, crack the fantasy by asking, what are the benefits to you and other people of you starting this speaking career? And yeah. you just start listing them. And I'm, I'm sure you can find many, you know, serving people with your story is going to be incredibly empowering for other people. And it, it takes a bit of objectivity 
and being realistic about that fear and going, well, yeah, they're going to be have you're going to have some insecurities or some butterflies, but if you can focus on the outcome and come from a place of heart, the fear starts to dissolve. Yes. So you mentioned that there's three levels of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, what are those three levels? Okay, so the three levels of the problem of imposter syndrome, the first level is the part of the problem that we are very aware of. That is the, the effects. So a lot of people feel insecurities. They have the fear of being exposed and it causes them to procrastinate on things that are often enjoyable to them. And it can also equate to not speaking up in a meeting not going for a job, which people are qualified to do, um, not stepping up for a leadership role. So the, there's lots of things that people go, yep, that's that's imposter syndrome and that's me. And there's also a lot of people pleasing involved and self, um, what's that, second guessing. So there's lots of things that people know on the first level of imposter syndrome. And yeah, they, they can't shake that. The second level excuse me, got a little bit of allergies over here. The second level of the problem of imposter syndrome is the kind of um, problem that wakes you up in the middle of the night. And it's usually in the form of what should I do? Um, am I doing the right thing? And often people haven't voiced these questions to themselves. And a lot of it comes down to, am I living my life the way I want it or am I trying to live according to somebody else's which is what I said about values before and injecting other people's values so that can often be the level of the problem that people haven't voiced to themselves or to others is that they're not really clear on their values and that they are infatuating with somebody else and their values the third level and which really points to the the solution of imposter syndrome is the level that people are just not aware of yet and is that they do not know who they are. At the end of the day, they really haven't taken time to find out who they are, what lights them up, what they want to do with their life rather than adhering to the indoctrinations or the upbringing or the story, the history and forgetting that the past doesn't equal the future and that they have this ability to create an inspiring vision, a mission that fulfills them and others. And so the solution to the problem of imposter syndrome comes down to clarify and live by your highest values. Wow. That's it in a nutshell. That's pretty powerful. What's your own journey been like with imposter syndrome? Have you ever had to deal with it yourself? Yeah, two big phases of my life. So the first time was when I started my first small business as an entertainer. And I have a unique talent of being able to create realistic uh, drum rhythms with my voice. <laughs> it's called human beatboxing. And <laughs> I wanted to go... Cool. Yeah, I wanted to go into uh, schools and motivate young people to find their unique talent. And I was going to use my own uh, talent as a bit of a hook and entertainment factor. Uh, yet I felt I was not ready. 
I wasn't good enough. And even though I could do the skill, I felt like an imposter. And so I procrastinated for quite some time. And even when I started doing it and I was standing in front of my audience, I was still feeling like uh, these guys are going to find out that I'm a big fake and a phony. And it really impacted my ability to, you know, reach out to people and, and deliver a great service. Plus I wasn't fulfilled. I was feeling uh, insecurities a lot of the time that right. started to d dissolve over time. I joined a public speaking club here in Australia and I thought if I could overcome the fear of public speaking, I should be able to desensitize imposter syndrome. Now, at the time, I didn't know that that's what it was. I just thought it was self-doubt and, you know, the, the jitters. Right. Then over time, it did go down. But I, I really wanted to feel that authentic confidence when I was speaking in front of people and, and doing my thing. And then years later, actually, this is now just around the time of the pandemic is when I started to focus on imposter syndrome. And I thought, right, I'm going to become an imposter syndrome expert. I'm going to educate people about this topic. That's going to be my, my niche. And I remember looking up books online on Amazon by other people who had written about imposter syndrome. And I started to see doctors, psychologists, experts, academics of you know, tenure, and immediately felt like an imposter once again. And I was lucky enough, or let us say I'm, I'm grateful to have the training that I have to realize that this was not a bad thing. This was actually a perfect gift in disguise. Because if you think of it, if you're going out to educate people about a specific topic, in this case, imposter syndrome, what better experience than to, than to have it affect you fresh so that you can be more relatable to your audience. And so wow. I thought, hang on, hang on a second, rather than letting this affect me like it did the first time, let's use it to my advantage and for my audience's as advantage. And now I get to share this story like I'm doing with you right now. So yeah, I know what it's like to go through this again and, wow. and then apply my own teachings or my own learnings to myself, like practice what I preach. And so I was able to do that and dissolve it very fast and it has not come back. And I've got a strategy that works and I'm happy to share that strategy with you. It's called the Demartini method. Yes. What is the Demartini method? The Demartini method is in a nutshell, a set of questions, which are very precise they're, they are an algorithm and an algorithm is a set of calculations that get a definite result. Like if you go one plus two plus three plus four plus five, you're going to get the same result every single time. These questions in the Demartini method work exactly the same way for your perceptions and your emotions. They get the same result, which is gratitude, appreciation, and self-love. Wow. Are you still there? Yes. I'm All just right. sitting here in awe. <laughs> so the Demartini method was founded by Dr. John Demartini. He's from America. And wow. currently there's about 5,000 Demartini method facilitators around the world, of which I'm publicly licensed to use his method as well. And this method can 
in about 90 minutes or less dissolve any emotional hang-up that a person might have. And oh I've got gosh. 150 hours of client-facing time with people who have come to me with a, a range of self-worth issues, self-resentments, hang-ups that have lasted 10, 20, 30 years. And we've been able to completely neutralize them in a short amount of time using the Martini method. And you can see the reviews on my website. And um, I'm absolutely inspired and grateful that I have learned the Martini method. It is absolute gold. This is really cool. There are so many things that are related to imposter syndrome that come up in the lives of trauma survivors all the time. If you're able to, to just take these horrible things that we're feeling and help people to get rid of them. I mean, this is, this is groundbreaking and it should be much more well-known. Why do you think that it hasn't, word hasn't spread quite yet? This is, this is big stuff. Yeah. So I asked that exact same question to Martini, Dr. Martini, when I went to his breakthrough experience in 2019 in LA. And he said, the world of um, talk therapy is the current go-to method. That's what people think of when they need help, right? Right. Talk, ther- talk therapy is good, and, but it is slow. And it doesn't always uh, neutralize the emotion. You, you feel validated. That's the kind of the aim of talk therapy, in my opinion. You right. feel like, okay, I can understand why this happened. But what talk therapy doesn't necessarily do is help a person truly get to the point where they can say, thank you, I love you to the individuals who they previously deemed the perpetrators or um, abusers. And Martini himself has facilitated live on stage around the world um, people who have been raped, um, abused, uh, or the most traumatic sort of experiences and completely neutralized that person's perceptions or emotions around those events and it is incredible to watch i've i've seen him work with people who have been had some pretty traumatic experiences and it's like no way is he going to be able to neutralize this and sure enough in a very short amount of time this person is seeing the benefits that have come out of this event or these events that were considered abusive to the point, to the point that the person can say with absolute volition, thank you, I appreciate you, to the person that they were previously hating or despising. And it is one of the most healing things you can observe. And then I had the opportunity opportunity to be trained in the method. I have not yet worked with someone who has been, let us say, traumatized in that way. I'm working with a client right now who's got a some trauma, but not in the sense of rape and human trafficking, which I consider to be quite top, you know, top there in the, the, the top most ways you could probably be traumatized. But the Martini method uh, holds a promise of being able to neutralize any emotional charges, positive or negative. Wow. And it, it hasn't been out there because it takes time for things to to spread and also because the world wants pain without pleasure it wants it wants support without challenge 
um, I think the majority of people are addicted to a one-sided fantasy about how things should be. And perhaps people don't believe that it's possible to neutralize such a painful experience, but it is. And he's had many psychologists in his seminars uh, criticizing him. And then he said to them, well, you know, have you got something we can specifically work on? And within a short amount of time, he's worked on them in front of other people. And this person's become a, an absolute convert, if you like, to the method that is like, this is incredible. So wow. it, there's a lot of dogma and indoctrination around um, therapy and, and what it's supposed to look like. Right. That's definitely one of the things that I'm trying to combat in the uh, growth from darkness book series and stuff that I'm uh, currently working on. I've got another podcast that I co-host with a lady from Australia, actually, um, where we talk about exactly that that some people are not comfortable with talking about their past. And there's this thing called exposure trauma, where when you continue to talk about it and you keep talking and talking and talking about this event, you're having to visualize it each time. And you can actually do more damage than good by going through all of this talk therapy over and over and over again for years at a time. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And you if you're able to say, get rid You of can it, almost say that it's abusive to do it that way. Right. It really is. It is a form of abuse as far as I'm concerned. Um, my therapist was hugely helpful when I did go to therapy, but that was for a very limited time. And once I had this one breakthrough, then the, the walls all came down. But I still deal with imposter syndrome. And it's crazy. How do you identify when somebody is experiencing imposter syndrome? Well, there is a checklist that was developed by Dr. Pauline Rose Clance in the 70s when she originally coined the phrase imposter phenomenon. And one of them is, can you take a compliment? Can you take praise when it's deserved? Uh, Can you you take credit for something that you've done in the past and, and be proud of it? Or do you procrastinate? even though you know you've got the skill and the intelligence, do you walk into a room and feel like everybody else is more intelligent than you? Do you second guess yourself and never really go through with the first guess, which turns out to be the right one? There's some of the, the hallmarks of imposter syndrome. I hate to admit to it. I've done every single one of those and it yeah, will. Yeah. It's, we all have. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very difficult for me to take a compliment too. Um, I think it's easier to take a compliment if it's in a written form and somebody is not expecting to see a reaction from me, but in person compliments, I just, I shut down. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is a beautiful moment of a uh, potential healing of if you, if someone is giving you a compliment, it is like a, an opportunity for healing. You can look at that person in the eye and just say a heartfelt thank you and let the tears come. Now, a lot of people don't want to take a compliment because they're ashamed of showing those tears of gratitude. And so I say, you know what? Have a good cry when someone compliments you and, and feel deserving of that praise that is one of the greatest things that people can do but many people are afraid to, to cry in public so 
because of whatever, you know. Right. I, I say you should, you, you are uh, going to experience a great amount of joy if you, if you can truly embrace the compliment and say, thank you. Yes, I deserve that. I had a huge compliment yesterday from a friend of mine and it showed up in text form and you know, my friend didn't have to sit there and, and witness the, the emotional expression on my face, but my husband did. Um, and he just is one of those people who's uh, done the work on himself and he's incredibly gentle and patient and kind and thoughtful and just, he's just an incredible human being. And my husband just let me cry because that's exactly what happened. And it was this really cool moment where I felt not just that I deserved the compliment, but that I had done some good in the world. I touched someone. This person told me that someone that they met had said they knew exactly who I was. They were excited for me to come and speak at their town in April um, and that I had saved their life. In those in those moments, it's so difficult. Normally, if somebody is in person, it's hard to take that compliment because my brain tells me, well, they're probably exaggerating because they're trying to ingratiate themselves to me. But when it's coming from somebody else uh, and not that person, and it's coming across the internet and in text form, it's, it's a bizarre moment of, oh my gosh, I've actually made a difference somewhere. Yeah, I think this highlights uh, people's self-worth wounds, which is a, a phrase that I've created. And many people can't take the compliment because they feel they don't deserve it because of a self-worth wound. Yeah. And our self-worth wound can be um, very specific to us, um, each individual and, and the history. Mine was that I didn't feel intelligent as a kid and... I've done all that I can to feel intelligent and to get the validation of others to realize that that's a bottomless pit, that I'll never get the, the sense of self-worth by proving my intelligence to other people or myself. And in fact, that I'd never needed to. And then in fact, I was deserving of love and appreciation just the way I was. So people can do that with imposter syndrome now and with compliments rather than sit there going, uh, thank you. And sort of, you know, looking away and not truly feeling like they deserved it. They can take a moment and say, yeah, I am deserving of this. And yeah, allow a tear of gratitude for yourself to, to appear. That's pretty amazing. I, I go through that awkwardness whenever somebody compliments me in person and I've gotten better about it. I'm brutally honest when somebody compliments me, I will tell them straight out, you know, hey, I have a very difficult time taking compliments, but I want to say thank you. And they usually, they're like, you know what? I have a hard time taking compliments too. And then they um, identify with me a little bit more and they understand that awkwardness. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing it would be to get rid of that awkwardness completely. So what are the steps to start recognizing your worth? Step number one is to clarify your top three values in life. The values can be concepts. They can be activities, guiding principles. Clarify and refine that list till you know it really well. You go, yep, that is what I'm all about. 
That is what I'm most inspired to do. That's where I'm most organized, disciplined. That's what I don't need reminding to do. That's going to be your values. And make sure that they are not the values of parents, teachers, society. Because a lot of the time people will inject other people's values and think that they are their own. So reflect really and look at what your life demonstrates. Do you actually do things that that show you that that's what you value? And the second thing is then to orchestrate your life around those values and start making plans and goals that help you to fulfill your highest values. Those two things there is really the, the key to reducing imposter syndrome. I would then take it another step further and write a vision and mission statement, something that is a truly inspirational message that you can read for yourself and, and remind yourself of to help you go out there to serve the world, to fulfill your being, to expand your being, and to create a mindset of abundance or wellness. But that's the main thing. Clarify your values orchestrate your life around them and create a vision and a mission so that the opinions and the distractions of the external world have no chance of entering your inspired heart. Wow. This is fantastic. So if somebody is wanting to go through this program, how would they reach out to you? How would they get in touch? They can go to selfworthsam.com, selfworthsam.com, and they can book a 15-minute call with me to see if they want to work with me. I've also got a free online course at selfworthsam.com for imposter syndrome, and also I'm all over social media with the same name, selfworthsam.com. Oh, sorry, selfworthsam. Very cool. Sam, it has been an absolute delight having you on the episode. And I thank you so much. I can just see how this is going to be really helpful to so many people. And I can't wait to start telling people, hey, you got to listen to this. Hey, take, sit down, listen to this right now. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity, Amanda. I, I truly appreciate you and, and much love to you and to all of your audience. Thank you so much. You're amazing. I wish you well on your speaking mission. I know you're going to be <laughs> impacting the lives of millions. It's going to be wonderful to watch from, from where I am. If you've enjoyed tonight's episode, please make sure you check out the episode description. There you're going to find links on how you can learn more about this guest, links to connect with them on social media, and how to support the podcast. Remember, I don't get paid to do this. My boss is a bit tight-fisted, but I can say that I work for myself. In short, this show really is all about the guest. If you've enjoyed their interview, please feel free to let them know. You can also tune into my other podcast, Growth from Darkness, which is co-hosted by a lovely lady from Australia. We talk about what trauma responses are and healthy ways to move beyond the past. For more information, just go to growthfromdarkness.com. Thank you.